jazz hands. Welcome to Dear Culture, the podcast that gives you news you can trust for the culture. I'm your co-host, Shauna Pinnock, social media director at The Grio. And I'm your co-host, Jerry and Keith Gaynor, managing editor at The Grio. And this week we're asking, Dear Culture, how racist are the Olympics? Mm, just about everything else is racist, but uh, before we even get into that, G, um, you know, we love to talk about what's been on our minds this week. I will actually start because I just got to get this frustration out. Um, earlier today, I came across a story, you know, I'm, I'm moving back to Atlanta either at the end of this this year or at the very top of next year. Uh, and so because of that, I've been trying to get myself reacclimated to certain Atlanta things, right? Oh. Reading Atlanta news, um, wow. you know, figuring out what are all the areas I need to avoid, you know, murder Kroger, et cetera. Uh, <laughs> and I came across this story um, as reported by WSB TV and a Metro Atlanta man by the name of Bradrick Wright uh, is 28 years old and he died of COVID um, this past week. And he leaves behind his 25 year old widow, widow, Brittany Wright. Um, and apparently, you know, on his deathbed, one of his last words of advice were to people to get the vaccine. And the wife explained how the reason why he didn't get the vaccine was because he pretty much immersed himself on TikTok with a bunch of vaccine conspiracy theory videos. Um, And I think it's just all of these stories that we've been hearing about people who have been passing away from COVID, especially this very, very aggressive Delta variant. You know, we've been hearing talks that, uh, up in the labs, at least the Lambda variant is out here combating the vaccine like it, the, the, it, the vaccine might not be any, you know, any any match for the Lambda variant. Like there's all of these things as we're heading into yet another COVID winter. And I am so incredibly frustrated to continue to have to see these stories of people who are who are dying, who are on their deathbeds, and they are claiming, I, I just, I, I can't take the vaccine. You know, I don't trust the government. But then we'll turn around and say things like, and the FDA hasn't even approved it. You do realize that the FDA is a governmental agency, right? So do you believe the government or do you not? Like, what's what's the issue here? You're sitting here and you're saying that you don't trust the vaccine, but who you do trust are doctors who are going to save your life with further experimental drugs in the first place to keep you alive. It's maddening. It is, it is so frustrating to know that there are so many of us who have spent a year and a half of our lives pretty much on pause. Um, you know, and even if we didn't, I'm, Hell, I was just in Vegas two weeks ago. You know what I mean? And still masked up at a pool party because I see how crazy this is and how detrimental it can be and how devastating it can be. This also, it hits closer to home for me right now. Um, My brother, and I've talked about him on this show before. Y'all know I don't really care too much for my sister-in-law. I don't care. It is what it is. Uh, But she is pregnant right now with my brother's fifth kid and she refused to take the 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 vaccine because according to her uh covid is you know just like the flu 
she convinced my brother to take himself and his three other children. My oldest is off in college. My oldest nephew is off in college. Um, convinced him to take him himself and the three other kids and her to Disney World. And they all came back and they all have COVID. All of them. Um, my brother's little brother who didn't even go to Disney World. He was house sitting. He has COVID right now. And he, he didn't go anywhere. He didn't do anything. He did what he was supposed to do. And he has the worst symptoms of them all. My brother is the only one that is vaccinated. It is so frustrating. Um, and granted, more than likely, they'll be fine. They've been okay. They've been having congestion issues and, you know, a little bit of breathing here and there. But more than likely, they'll be okay. But you know what I'm not going to do? I'm not going to sit here and watch this anecdotal evidence of my brother and his entire family catching this thing and, oh yeah, possibly being okay when we don't know the long-term ramifications of it. I don't know if any of my niece or my nephews are suddenly going to have like heart issues or lung issues or something in the future. We don't know because my sister-in-law, because she refuses to go ahead and get vaccinated, what would happen to my unborn niece or nephew? I don't know. But what I do know is that it is arrogant, it is selfish, it is foolish. And here's the thing, if you choose to not get the vaccine at the very least, what I want you to also do is choose not to go ahead and get any experimental treatment. Stay at home. Do not get experimental treatment from those, for, for those people who actually have been trying to do what is necessary to make sure that we can move past this. It is selfish. It is arrogant. It's ridiculous. I'm real sick and tired of y'all with these conspiracy theories. It's dumb. Y'all look dumb and you sound dumb. And I have no, I have no, I have no grace left. I gave y'all a year and a half. I have no grace left. What about you, G? <laughs> so, you know, Shauna, you know, you're, you're talking about the inform. you mentioned the, the misinformation aspect of why people are not getting vaccinated and going on to die from COVID still after over a year. Uh, but also there are elected officials who are responsible for the over 600,000 Americans who died so far of COVID. And you have politicians like Ron DeSantis in Florida who from day one has not been cooperative um, in this, this fight in America to save lives from COVID. Even when, when there was the shutdown, um, he was, him and leaders of other um, red states were very quick to open up businesses uh, when they shouldn't have, when the CDC, uh, when the World Health Organization advised not to do it, and then what happened? Their COVID cases went up and people died. So you would think that DeSantis would have learned from last year uh, but he has not. Instead, he is now um, instituting an anti-mask mandate, meaning that schools cannot uh, make children wear masks and make teachers and school staff wear masks uh, when they return to school. Um, and we all know that the Delta variant is rising and is being spread not just by people who are unvaccinated, but being spread by people who are vaccinated. And what's even you know, scary about that is that if you are vaccinated, you might not even know that you have the virus and that you are potentially uh, sharing it with people, including children. There is a rise in children con contracting uh, COVID-19. And so there are a lot of questions still about the virus, especially as it continues to mutate. And, you know, I really want to call out people like DeSantis because he recently doubled down on his anti-mask mandate and is now threatening 
to take the pay away from teachers and from school board members if they go against him, if they defy him and decide to implement uh, mass mandates in the schools. And what really frustrates me the most about DeSantis is not the fact that he may or may not um, believe what a lot of conservatives believe, which is that uh, Americans should have their uh, their civil liberties respected. And if they don't want to wear a mask, they shouldn't have to wear a mask. But for people like DeSantis, it's really important to emphasize that this is also about politics, because if you look at polls right now about who Republicans would like to see on the 2024 presidential ticket, uh, DeSantis polls very high after Donald Trump. So in the event that Donald Trump does not run or Donald Trump is arrested, because we all know that he has a lot of uh, legal lawsuits going on right now, that DeSantis is essentially uh, the de facto Republican believed to be uh, to be to run for president in 2024. And we, we saw the ways in which Trump and Republicans politicized COVID-19 um, and now and then the mask and now vaccines. And that has not continued because now you have a whole base of American people, millions of American people who now, um, no matter what you say, no matter what the science says, no matter how many people die, they refuse to believe anything that comes out of the mouths of scientists and the CDC. And so they've really created a very dangerous um, situation here in the U.S., because it seems like these people are now indoctrinated and there's nothing that, they, that you can tell them and they rather die. They rather take their chances with this virus than wear a mask or get a vaccine. And so while we have the black community for legitimate reasons, not trusting the vaccine, being apprehensive about the vaccine, you also have um, these Republican sycophants who are politicizing a public health crisis um, all for their own uh, positions or future positions in politics. And so there's there's like there's a lot going on with COVID. And I just really want it to be over. Um, but, yeah, it's just ridiculous. And like, just shame on Ron DeSantis and shame on the Republican Party. Uh, for Ron DeSatan, considering that my uncle and his family and my grandmother all live in Florida, all I will say is you better hope and pray <laughs> that nothing happened to none of me and mine. Because you may as well just call me Zoe Saldana, okay? Because I'm going to be on my Colombiana. I'm going to come find you, period. And for those who don't want to, you know, you'd rather die than wear a mask or get a vaccine, please do. Go ahead. Less people to vote for the red. Thank you. You're making my life easier. But anywho, <laughs> uh, let's get into the show. The Olympics are officially over. And while the U.S. represented in a major way, Shout out to all the black girls. I see you. Uh, there's been tons of controversy surrounding some of the top black athletes. Fans were stunned when Shakari Richardson was banned from competing due to marijuana usage. Simone Biles made headlines for backing out of the competition to focus on her mental health and received backlash for that decision. In Richardson's case, many feel the rules of the competition are rigged and black athletes receive harsher punishments. In Biles' case, many in our community believe that her prioritization of her mental health was looked down upon because of her skin color. This week, we'll be discussing whether racism plays a part in the systems in place within the Olympics organization and how media coverage and fans of the sport have contributed to the problem. Let's get into it. So, Shauna, I'm really glad we're talking about the Olympics because 
there's been so much that has gone on. I mean, I remember watching Shakari Richardson run her 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 trial run her race, and I had never heard of her, but I watched the race, and she was electrifying. Uh, and in addition to being a phenomenal runner, uh, she she visibly just like she just looked like. A, a superhero. She had the orange, the orange hair. She had the nails, um, and so she became like this force that everyone was looking forward to seeing run in the Olympics, only for her Olympics dreams to be killed uh, because she tested positive for marijuana. And then uh, the USA uh, Track and Field decided to adhere to um, the American anti-doping policy. Uh, which is that if you do test positive for marijuana and other types of drugs that are on this specific list, um, you are suspended. Uh, and so she was suspended for 30 days. Um, there was an opportunity for her to run in the relay uh, with her other fellow American runners. Um, and she was not included on that list. Many people had a lot of things to say. Um, as we know, Shakari Richardson said that she she fessed up to what happened. She said, I knew what I was doing. I knew the repercussions. Um, and she accepted those repercussions. But she said that she she had marijuana because she was coping with the death of her mother and her mother, whom she had a very strained relationship with. And she found out about her mother's death from a reporter, which is ridiculous. Um, and so we all know that to be black in America and to be a black woman, a, be a black young woman, um, also having the world watching you um, as you have to perform at your best, that's a lot to take on. There's a lot of stress, um, a lot of things to worry about. And it is really unfortunate that America couldn't didn't take a stand. Um, more on this issue because we see dozens of states in America now making marijuana legal. And yet, if you test positive for marijuana, you can't represent your country um, at the Olympics. And I know a lot of people kept saying, oh, they were just following the rules. Um, there's nothing that they could have done. There was a statement released by either, either the um, USA track and field or uh, the larger body of American sports. Uh, and they basically said that they, they, they sympathize with Shakari Richardson, but they couldn't do anything. I disagree um, because for those who don't know, Russian athletes in the Olympics have a reputation for, there's a rumor that Russians um, have uh, a state sanctioned uh, doping system and that they are essentially taking drugs, uh, performance enhancement drugs, um, and yet they're not banned from the Olympics because the reality is that not every athlete is tested before they participate in the Olympics. It's just that in the U.S., they have chosen to adhere to the world anti-doping system. It's very complicated and very convoluted, but the reality is that they didn't have to adhere by that rule, given that other countries don't adhere to the rule. And so they could have taken the stand. Instead, they decided to, you know, tie their hands behind their backs. And so I don't agree with their decision. I think that it, it continues to perpetuate um, the criminalization and penalization around marijuana uh, and cannabis when we know that cannabis, in my opinion, is a healing, um, is a healing drug. Um, and so this is something that has been a part of African ancestral cultures and other cultures, um, indigenous cultures. Um, they, we know that indigenous people, they 
prayed and had spiritual um, ceremonies with marijuana cannabis. It's just that we live in a modern society where we continue to criminalize it and oftentimes uh, disproportionately criminalize black and brown people for using marijuana. And so there's a lot to, you know, that we can construct and deconstruct around marijuana. But the bottom line is that we know that marijuana is not um, an enhancement drug. Um, in fact, it does the opposite if you ask some people, I'm not a doctor. I don't necessarily feel like I would perform better at running because I had marijuana. And not to mention, she had the drug like, uh, it seemed, I think, like weeks before the Olympics even started. So it, w it really wouldn't have played a factor um, in anything. And so it's just really unfortunate um, that she had to be a scapegoat for you know, this war on drugs that continues to rear its ugly head in almost every aspect of society, including sports. Um, I mean, first and foremost, we have to acknowledge that Shakari, according to her, and she wasn't wrong, but she's that girl. OK, let's let's go ahead and, and give her that shine. Now, for me, uh, especially hearing about the passing of her biological mother and then just all of those stresses and things of that nature. Now, let me tell you something. I am a social media director. I do a lot of other things, but, you know, that's my job. And when I tell you that this job, as much as I love the grill, as much as I love you, Jared, this job is stressing me the hell out. Y'all know I am a whew, vehement supporter of edibles and all things cannabis. Couple things. One, that's just for me being stressed out by daily life. That's just for me being like having to deal with my anxiety of just like living, being black and a woman in America. Shakari Richardson had the literal whole world's eyes on her as she is mourning her mother dying now i'm gonna keep it a buck god god you know god, hopefully it's not any time soon let me knock on wood but if and or when my mother passes please understand y'all ain't gonna finna be able to talk to me for at least three months i'm going to be high out of my mind it's just what it is because i don't know how else am i supposed to be dealing therapy and high that's it those are only two <laughs> options that I have, they'll more than likely be used in conjunction with one another. So I'm never, ever going to fault that young lady who is, is, is the girl even 20 yet? That is a child. She is a child. I'm not going to be able to fault her ever under any circumstances that she hit a, hit a joint a few times just to center herself. Now, Again, as a person who is a huge proponent for all things edibles, let me tell you something right now. Never in my life have I taken an edible, hit a, hit a bong, hit a blunt, hit any of these things and felt the need to go off running. What? For why? To ruin my high? What are you talking about? No. You know what I want to do, actually? I want to just sit here drink some wine, eat some popcorn and possibly have like a baked by Melissa's cupcake. Like that's all, like that's all I care about. Give me delicious food, something sweet, a little sweet to meat and something to drink <laughs> and I'm good. Never performance enhancer. What performance are you enhancing? My, my, my sloth, my laziness, <laughs> if that's the case. Now, and granted, I've heard, you know, people say things like, 
oh, well, you know, it's just the rules and rules are rules and rules and rules and rules and rules and rules. Here's the thing. Rules are made to be broken, period. Mm -hmm. And especially given the context of marijuana, just in general, because let's again, and I'm so glad that you touched on this, Jaren, in terms of like the war on drugs and everything else. Let's be very clear now. And I believe we discussed this on this show, but the whole purpose of positioning weed, marijuana as a, (laughs) as a hippie drug and as a Negro and Latino drug was very intentional by, uh, Ooh, the Reagans, I believe, uh, was (laughs) very intentional. That whole war on drugs thing is BS. And Unfortunately, the rest of the country likes to pick that up as well. So, but here's my thing. I'm sorry. If, 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 if Shelby and Karen and, 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 and Bryn can make THC dog treats and make a living, leave this black girl alone. Leave people who smoke weed alone. Just mind your business because it has nothing to do with that. Um, you know, I also, I'm also really glad that you touched on that Russia joint, bro, because let's be very clear. If you, now, for those who don't know, Russia was actually banned from participating in the Olympics for four years back in 2019. That got shortened to two years, right? So what you would think, oh yeah, well, this is why they're competing in the Tokyo Olympics. Even though it's 2021, the Tokyo Olympics are marketed as the 2020 Tokyo Olympics. So Russia should have their behinds out, right? (laughs) They shouldn't even be in the whole situation. But all of the Russian athletes are participating under the ROC, the Russian Olympic Committee. So here's my thing. Again, the only reason why I mention it is, again, rules are made to be broken. I'm sorry. I wasn't supposed to see a single whoever Russian, whatever word. I wasn't supposed to be see a, a Vlad, a, a Vladimir, a, a Swaswell. I wasn't supposed to see nobody this year, but here they are. And why? Because, oh, there are other ways to get around the rules, but there's never any ways to get around the rules as it relates to black women, as it relates to black athletes in general. Let's be very clear. There was another athlete. I cannot remember her name off the top of the head, but they outed this woman for having an abortion. Mm. to preserve her career but to for having an abortion and couldn't and and this is where media f's up why do we need to know that that woman decided to delete us the fetus that has nothing to do with any of us what it does do is now because it was an error in paperwork that's really all it was that disqualified her from being able to participate Simple error in paperwork that easily can be rectified, overlooked, all of of those things. But the media plays its hand in that part, too, because, oh, no, no, no. If we say she went and had an abortion, well, then empathy stops from all the the crazy pro-choice, oh, a fetus is a life and blah, 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 BS. I see what you... Listen, something in the water ain't clean and it ain't all the way curled over for me. I see what y'all are doing. It's wrong. It's trash, period. Not to mention rules are meant to be broken because when I think of rules, I think about laws. And oftentimes laws are made by white men 
And oftentimes laws are sexist and racist and homophobic. So if we follow all the rules and laws that happened you know, decades ago and even just a few years ago, I wouldn't be able to marry who I love. Uh, we as black people would not be able to vote. We would I wouldn't be able to have a bank account because I'm a woman. Exactly. So <laughs> let's, be, let's be mindful about when we talk about rules and following rules, because it's for us, for people like us who live on the margins, it, that can be very triggering language. Exactly. So let's shift to my good sis, Simone, uh, who just this week had to go ahead and shut somebody down who liked to, who was trying to put words in her mouth, okay, on, on Twitter. She did a nice little clap back. I appreciate it. Simone, we see you. We hear for you, sis. Uh, but Jaren, how did you feel about Simone Biles choosing to put her mental health first, like on pretty much the biggest stage that the world could offer? I think if there was ever an opportunity to bring global attention to mental health, uh, it happened with Simone Biles. And I'm really proud of her because one, she had to step away because she was dealing with what, what is called or known as the twisties. And so her life, her actual literal life was in jeopardy if she continued to try to perform at this level, knowing that she was dealing with the twisties, she could have broken her neck and died. So, you know, we, we can, we can, you know, people have a lot of, a lot of opinions about Simone Biles, but the reality is that uh, she's doing things that many people felt were not humanly possible to do. Um, and so, and it really disturbs me that when we just look at black women in particular as uh, not human beings, just perform, just, entertain us. Um, you know, when you think about the medical industry and how women were seen as, uh, as black women were seen as less than human. So let's, let's perform these, um, these procedures and just see how it goes because they weren't even seen as human beings. And so, and then I think about the ways in which we celebrate, or at least rather white women bite from black women. And so everybody wants to be a black woman, but nobody wants to beloved a black woman. And so it's really uh, impactful to see Simone Biles step away from what she knows is, is expected of her. The whole world, the country and the world is expecting her to be Simone Biles. But Simone Biles, as she mentioned uh, post-performance, post Simone Biles is not just a gymnast. Simone Biles is a young black woman who honestly, and I think years from now, we'll look at Simone and say that she changed not only the game of the sport of gymnastics, but she changed the way that the sports industry, um, the way athletes can, can exist in the sports arena. And despite, you know, having to step away from a few um, performances or competitions, rather, uh, she still pulled out uh, a medal, both with her team and individually. And so it's a lesson that for all of us to take a step back when you need to take a step back. There's always an opportunity to win, to get gold, to get silver, to get bronze, to get that promotion, whatever it might be. But your mental health comes first because We've seen, or I've seen the ways in which mental health can deteriorate. It can lead to depression. It can lead to su suicidal thoughts. Um, and so that's not something. Exactly. Exactly. And so that's not something to play with. And so I'm extremely proud of Simone for prioritizing her mental health. Um, and, and, you know, and, and while we're on this conversation, as well as Naomi Osaka, 
Um, the both of them have really been trailblazers when it comes to talking about mental health um, on this big global um, and national stage. Um, because the reality is that we as, it's, a, it's, a, it's a universal struggle. We all struggle with mental health issues here and there. Um, and so to see these luminary sports figures uh, say it out loud that, look, I'm actually not superhuman. I am a human who uh, has struggles um, and I need to take breaks sometimes. And I think that that gives us all permission to do the same. Um, I'm incredibly, I'm incredibly proud of Simone because the thing is, well, first off, just as a black woman, I'm real sick and tired of our labor just being ignored um, and expected, even despite everything that we have to endure. Like, Let's also recognize Simone Biles really just kind of stuck around to make sure that the gymnastics organization, the United States Gymnastic Organization, like is held accountable for its role in Larry Nassar. Like she's one of the few gymnasts who are still competing at the level that she's competing, who was a victim of his, mm -hmm. that this organization let just run racket for decades. Let's also acknowledge and I, this is one thing where I was like, you know what, I'm I'm so glad that Simone has this support where there were so many. They, and there were white women. See, I'm not terrible at all of you. Uh, <laughs> um, there were so many white female Olympic athletes who came out on Twitter with their own videos, mind you. And they're like, this is me when I won this gold medal. But what you don't see is I had a broken femur when I did this, you know, ridiculous thing on the balance beam, like you can see me hurt myself. And then they brought me back out 15 minutes later to go and perform the same stunt. There's another young woman who I cannot remember her name, but there's another young woman who like, I think broke her ankle <laughs> and they still, her coaches still made her perform. And so, and she won. That's wonderful. But you know what did end up happening? She had to retire. And she's like, yeah, I had to retire because it was a career ending injury. One, but two, also, I was traumatized. These adults who are supposed to be, who are supposed to be your biggest advocates, you are up in the air. Let me tell you something. I can't do a single cartwheel, much less all that stuff that Simone be doing up in the air, running around, blah, blah, blah. Like, she could literally kill herself. And I'm real, 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 real sick and tired of all these white folks and some of you black people, bro, who really and truly, y'all just want to be white. And I really would just appreciate it if you would just say that. But expecting her to still perform light, potentially life ending stunts when she's telling you, I do not feel mentally in place. That's crazy to me. That's crazy that we have to sit here and defend. Yo, I don't feel right. I, I, I don't, I, I'm not feeling right. This is not okay. And I think we need to get to a place as a country where we stop seeing mental health and the, and the dedication to having a healthy mental status as something that is weakness. That's not weak. If anything, that requires even more strength to say, yo, I'm actually not okay. And I'm actually not good. I'm gonna need y'all to show me some grace. And the reality is that, you know, if we're being honest, 
if Simone Biles was a young white gymnast who stepped away from her competition and said, I'm stepping away from my mental health, there wouldn't have been as much hoopla and discussion around it. I don't think that we have we we would be seeing these right wing personalities like um, Piers, Mor Piers Morgan uh, and these Fox News um, hosts uh, coming after Naomi Osaka and Simone Biles. I you know it, and it goes back to what I when I was making my analogy about the health industry, the medical industry, because this also is a reminder that nationally and globally, you know, pe people who are non-black don't see us through a lens of humanity. So we're not believed when, black women are not believed when they say, uh, I'm pregnant and I'm having, I'm feeling something in my body, something doesn't feel right. Or I'm sick and something doesn't feel right. Uh, doctors say, oh, just take a pill and rest, you'll be fine. And so it, it all is connected to me, um, just not seeing us as human. And the moment that, you know, uh, someone who is white, uh, they're seen as someone as to be protected, uh, someone to be believed. But whether it is talking about our experiences with sexual assault, our experiences with racism, our experiences with our mental health, we are not believed. And so this is just as much about racism as it is about just generally talking about mental health and, and, and the need to normalize it. Mm -hmm. And I think too, is, you know, we have to hold these Olympic committees and everything like accountable. Like, let's talk about why was the, the swim caps for, for black girls who listen, my hair don't grow long, honey. It gets bigger. That's what it does. Okay. That's what it, it, it grows like this. It don't grow like that. It grows like this. It gets bigger. Right. So if I'm swimming, what, Please t explain to me what the ergodynamic uh, <laughs> benefits are going to be for me having this thick, this thick ASS squint swim cap on me. You know what I'm saying? As I'm just trying to beat these white women <laughs> who, who have been taught swimming their whole lives. Like, explain to me, why is it that we are specifically testing and 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 disqualifying black women like we have the nambian uh sprinters christine uh emoba emboma and beatrice masalingi i believe her name is her last name like barred from competing because their natural testosterone levels are higher than the limit accepted by you know women quote unquote like Bro, like, do you realize? I'm sorry. That's that. To, you know what that is? That's not called. That's an advantage, but it's a natural one, and it's just one of those things of like, why are we, why are we disqualifying people who they still follow all of the other rules that you have set out? All of these archaic nonsense rules. Case in point: Simone Biles can't even do her good twist, twist turn. Uh, flip, 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 because, oh, nobody else can do it. So ugh, can't give you all the scores and we can't have you win everything. Why not? She's the best. She's the GOAT. This is why these things are. And if the other girls can't do it, well, then just guess what? Too bad. They can't do it. Like, 
it's crazy to me. And, and I'm really and truly, I'm sick and tired of the Olympic committee hiding behind, again, all of these ridiculous and archaic rules. Like y'all don't want to see us kneel. Y'all don't want to see us put up a fist. Y'all don't want to see us having, you know, I love nails. You know, I love my good, uh, me and my nail tech have a love affair. Okay. You don't want to see anybody with their, their, their hair choices or their nail choices because now they're ghetto and they should be an athlete and blah, blah, blah. I remember all that stuff that y'all was talking about with Flojo. Okay. Listen, I was around for that two, two, seven episode. I saw, okay. (laughs) Like it's, it's, it's insane to me. And it's a matter of where we've said this constantly racism is everywhere. It's in everything. And I promise you, if I wanted to look for it, I can find it. But it most certainly is when it, it it's, it's palpable as it relates to the Olympics yeah. and the Olympics committee. And I don't know, man, I guess we'll see when's the next one supposed to be 2024, 2025. Hell, if I know these, these dates is all, <laughs> all over the place, but mm, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I think, you know, I think about, you know, even when um, Gabby Douglas, when she performed, she, you know, she before there was Simone Biles, we, we were raving about Gabby Douglas, uh, also U.S. gymnast. And I remember there was this racist commercial that they played immediately after uh, her performance. It was like about a monkey, um, you know, performing um, at the Olympics. And then the Olympics apologized and was like, oh, you know, that was insensitive, whatever. So even when you're not protesting or trying to cause a, a, a stir, you know, there's always racism always just follows black athletes, even when they're just doing their jobs and doing it well. Uh, I remember when I think Simone Biles, when she performed, there was a white athlete who said, oh, if I just paint my skin black, you know, maybe I'll win a gold medal, too. So all of these rules and um, reactions to around and about black athletes, you can't tell me that it's not connected to racism, um, which is like I mentioned, is a a global problem. And just do better world, just leave us alone. We just wanna be black and excellent. Uh, That's it. That's it. Uh, So, uh, you know, unfortunately, the Olympics has not always been about supporting our Black athletes working tirelessly within a system wrought with racial inequalities. It's inspiring being able to watch these athletes perform at a world-class level and still maintain the composure necessary to take care of themselves. Hopefully, the organization will do more to support them moving forward, but mm, I doubt it. We want to remind our listeners to please support your local Black businesses and donate to your local organizations and religious institutions. The Black business that we will highlight this week is Stay Down, Day Fit. Stay Down, Day Fit is a digital app that provides all of your fitness and wellness needs in one place. Subscribers pay $10 a month and can choose from virtual classes, personalized workouts, fitness tips, and more. For more information, you can visit their website at www.staydowndayfit.com. Thank you for listening to Dear Culture. If you like what you heard, please give us a five-star review. Subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcast and share it with everyone you know. And of course, please email all questions, suggestions, and compliments. We love those. To podcasts at thegrill.com. The Dear Culture podcast is brought to you by The Grill and executive produced by Blue Toulousma and co-produced by Taji Sr., Brenda Alexander, and Abdul Kadus.